Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Mark. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Lena. We got to remind you guys that if you like this episode, you should share it with your friends, write us a review, give us stars on iTunes. We're going to continue talking about the topic of tongues. And prophecy. Prophecy. (laughs) Yes. So we um, are going to now deal with the main passage about the issue of tongues which is 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, And we are, as we said last time, trying to deal with the whole thing in a careful way rather than merely um, preaching to the choir or offering red meat to those who agree with us. Um, And so, so far in Acts, we saw that the idea of tongue speaking or languages is simply that of speaking foreign languages um, that you didn't previously know. Uh, It's mentioned only three times in three unique events. Uh, Acts 2, Acts 10, and Acts 19, um, but it's in no way treated as normative. And that's key. Yes. And then we moved into 1 Corinthians, where we're going to end over the next couple podcasts in verse our chapter 12, and we saw there was a big problem in Corinth. There, these people, they're called the spirituals, um, and it's all centered upon the showy gifts and a power, basically a power struggle as to who's going to be the prominent ones in the church and instead of Paul praising them for the things that are going on he rightly rebukes them for all of these divisions and that's the bigger issue is the divisions and so he makes it clear but that they're actually anything but actually spiritual uh, type of people Uh, so his whole point is that God is one who gives the gifts he's the one who gives that the effectiveness of the gifts um, and therefore it has nothing to do with the people themselves or or their level of spirituality. And it's also important to note that when he speaks about talking in tongues, it's made clear that it's not a key gift. It's a minor gift, uh, nor was it one that you really even seek after, which is in complete contradiction, we've been saying, as yes. to how churches today treat it. Right. And so that was chapter 12. Right. Um, but then in, and then in 13, he, he makes it even more clear that their lack of love for each other is a huge problem, um, but that's then worthy of great rebuke. Um, again, only a couple of references of tongues, and none of them give any indication that he was praising them for it or encouraging them no. to keep doing it. But he also talks about the tongues or languages of angels, um, but it's done in a vague way because it's not the point, again, of that passage. Um, it's making a point about actually love uh, rather than how you can start to talk in this angelic special language. Um, and so one of our points there was that anyone who tries to claim that they speak in angelic language is really just giving an empty speech because they have no way to know. There is literally no criteria that can indicate now I'm talking uh, in the angelic tongue or language. Uh, They don't even know what they're claiming they're saying. So it literally is an irrational statement that sounds great, but makes no sense. 
And so instead of fighting over which gift is better or even worrying about their individual gifts, Paul would say that why don't you just get busy pursuing a true love for one another because it's the only thing that's going to matter in all of eternity. It's the one thing that remains. So again, classic Corinth, they've missed the whole point in their pursuit. So we come then now to the main section, um, and we're, we're going to hope that you have your Bibles open, if it's possible. Um, again, and we would ask, compare how much um, talk centers upon the whole topic as compared to the actual biblical text that's devoted to it. Um, and also compare the tone of Paul uh, with the tone of so many pastors and church members who view it as such a positive thing, and yet Paul here yeah. rebukes. Yeah, uh, so we're going to get again into uh, chapter 14. So there's a structure, um, and we're big on structure because mm-hmm. it's how Well, you, it's inspired. It's yeah. divinely inspired. And, and so at the end of chapter 12, um, Paul says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. And then he does the lead-in for chapter 13, and I show you still a more excellent way. And that excellent way is, um, of course, love. And then at the beginning of chapter 14, he picks back up his point. He says, pursue love, and now he's going to go back to his uh, point. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So now we know what these, the one that we're supposed to earnestly desire. It's not tongues, right. but actually prophecy. Yeah. So, so right away you see that Paul is, again, dismissing here the centrality and importance of tongues. Um, rather, if you had to choose... Uh, the gift of prophecy, he says, is the one to desire to to see operate within the church. Right. Um, yeah. Well, so typical of Paul's writing, you're going to find yourself asking why. Why Why should we, at least that's how I read Paul. Uh, he'll make a statement, and I know how he writes, so I, I immediately ask in my mind, well, why, Paul? And invariably, he answers it. And, and what we see is he gives us actually three reasons. And the first one is in the very next verse, for this reason. Uh, Lenny, you want to read that one? Mm-hmm. One who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands, but is in his spirit he speaks mysteries. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. Okay, so all of this requires a little bit of thought. Um, Often this is seen, this section, as some kind of cool or spiritual thing. Um, In other words, you'll hear people say that when they're talking in what they call tongues, that's their private prayer language, and and it's very precious to them. And I mean, I've I've spoken to enough of them where it is very, very precious, and and I can appreciate that. Um, But is that the point that Paul is making is what you really want to ask? And the answer would be not at all. Because he says, without interpretation, there's no knowledge being transferred, and therefore the church is not being built up or or edified. And that's, and this means then we have to remember what the purpose of the gifts are. This is why we took all this time to build toward this. Um, the purpose of the gifts has nothing to do with you; it has to do with the building up of the body of Christ. And so, why does Paul say what he says in verse five? He's is he arguing for tongue? What's verse five say? Let's see. 
Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies, the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. A lot of times you'll hear verse 5, only the first part used. And I'll say, see, Paul wishes that everyone spoke tongues. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, but he doesn't put a period there and move on to some other subject. Um, all he's saying is, look, tongues is good. It, it is good, yes and no. Um, it's a legitimate gift, and he's being rough on those who are using the gift of tongues. And so I would argue what he's doing now is smoothing the feathers. He's like, look, it's not like you're in sin because you have this gift, and I wish everyone could experience it. But though it would be good to speak in tongues, it's not what matters in the end. Prophecy ultimately is still better for the church, and therefore it's a greater of the two gifts. Only when you have interpretation of tongues does it rise to that same level of prophecy, and that's yeah. the point. Um, so only when we make the life of a Christian something that's private and personal can we then, therefore in light of Paul's statements here, elevate tongues to some level of importance. Um, so, so again, it's here that some will make the argument for the value of tongues. Um, the point they're, they're going to make though, is that it edifies them. Right. Right. Um, in that private prayer or something like that. But, but it, again, that's missing the obvious point that Paul's making. Um, you know, as we say all the time, only in a country where the individual is the most important, does that kind of reading make sense? Um, Paul is showing that tongues without interpretation, doesn't help the body. It doesn't build up the church. And to his greater point, that's all that matters. It's the building up of the church. I actually heard one pastor say, but that's my point. If I could get everyone to pray in the in tongues, it would edify their spirit, and then the body would be built up. I'm like, what? Hmm. And so in his mind, he, he turns the whole thing on the head and he's like, yeah, everyone should be per privately pursuing their own little private prayer language. That will build them up. And so then everyone's getting built up. See, isn't that great? I'm like, that's not the... It's a very uh, Gnostic reading of, of this passage where it's all about the spirit yep. and this higher private attainment of truth and whatever. But All right. Paul so, gives, yeah, yeah, then he gives a second reason. In verse 16 through 19, he shows us that um, though tongues can build up the church, it's only through the interpretation of tongues that tongues builds up the church. Um, so first by using himself an example, um, this is big because he, he's an apostle and therefore he's at the top of, you know, the, the heap with his gift. Uh, even an apostle can't build up the church through the speaking in tongues. Um, at best, it's like a, a poorly played musical instrument or a battle trumpet that doesn't give clear tones. Right. I mean, you don't know what to do, right? I mean, we've all heard, well, if you watched me play any instrument, <laughs> there would yeah. be no purpose or meaning behind it because everything is all screwed up. And um, I, I, I think about that whole idea of him being the apostle because if you were... If you were to watch Paul and he was to speak in tongues and you would say, what's that? And he says, well, that I was speaking in tongues. And you thought, ooh, I want to do it. His immediate statement is actually, no, what would be more important for you is to be to prophesy. You know, he just keeps shifting it off of tongues. Even though he acknowledges its value, he shifts it and, and downplays it. And the point like you were making is about the battle trumpet. 
So you want to read um, that passage in 1 Corinthians 14? I kind of took us off script, I know. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be to the one who speaks a barbarian, and the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. And so he's he's using the idea of the languages or tongues here, and they're designed to communicate information. That, again, is a point. Um, there's meaning that's built into the idea of what language is. If there is no meaning, then it's just babble. Right. Um, and that's what we saw in Acts chapter 2 is that when they were speaking in tongues, um, but they did, they were speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Right. So there was meaning. It's understandable. Right, yeah. right. Um, so then he makes that, that key conclusion in verse 12. Um, he says, so also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Um, now this is a command and it's in the present tense. And he's saying you and I are commanded to seek to build up the church and therefore by implication of that, not ourselves. Um, so why even have tongues or languages as a gift? Uh, well, he deals with that in the next verses in 13 through 19. Um, and here we're going to change the word to language to make it clearer. Right. So you want to read that? Okay. Therefore, let one who speaks in a language pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a language, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I shall pray with the spirit and I shall pray with the mind also. I shall sing with the spirit and I shall sing with the mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say the amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not know what you are saying? For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other man is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind, that I may instruct others also, rather than 10,000 words in a language. Okay, so so Paul is, is actually, again, giving a command in verse 13, and it's, it's not a suggestion. He's saying, therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. That's the command. Yeah. There needs to be an interpretation yep. there. Um, so why is interpretation important? Well, he begins in verse 14, four, um, if I pray in a language, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Um, so e even if the mind of, 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 or even if a tongue speaker is speaking in tongues, um, not even his mind is going to be strengthened. Right. Um, and so there is a spiritual blessing that occurs and perhaps a sense of general well-being. It doesn't, it doesn't define how that, how it is. It just, in yeah. that vague sense, the spirit is edified. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it, again, it's indefinite. Right. It, so, as you said, it's, it's like, vague. So at the best, yeah, that's why I would argue at, okay, fine. So you feel something. Yeah. yeah. And it feels good. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be no different than if, if you or I were to use the gift of preaching and teaching privately. Um, you know, it'd be good for your soul. You're studying the scriptures, you're preaching out loud, you're affirming truth and what you believe. Um, but so what? Do you do that? Do I preach out loud? Yeah, like when you're just working through your sermon? Yeah. Yeah. My, so, my steering wheels had many a sermons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have converted my, my entire vehicle. Um, yeah, I go out in my wood shop. And and I'll be thinking it through, and there is a blessing that comes from it on my for me myself. I would say, but but why are you doing that? <laughs> there right. is literally no value there right. in and of itself, other than I'm practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, so all gifts are given for the purpose of building up the body. And that's the, the point he just keeps beating over and over again. Um, so what's, what's verses 15 right. and 17? So if there is an interpretation, then the mind becomes strengthened right. and that's the goal. Um, and, and it's not just your mind, but it's those who hear it. And again, that's all that matters. Um, to make this all the more clear, then he writes in verses 18 and 19, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So he's like, you guys can't even say, yeah, but you don't do it as much as us, Paul. He's, he's just saying, look, I even speak in tongues more than you all. However, in the church, and that's the key prepositional phrase, in the church, I desire to speak five words, words with my mind that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. And so again, people will try to make this proof that Paul was praying in tongues, but it doesn't actually say that he's praying in tongues. Why would Paul need to speak in tongues so much? And I would just simply tell the listener, remember that it is nothing more than languages. And as an apostle to the Gentiles, he is encountering all sorts of different languages. I mean, he wasn't a polyglot. He didn't have all these different languages built into him. And yet, as he goes from city to city into these various boroughs and, and interacting with all these different unbelievers, he had apparently that ability to just speak whatever language he needed to speak. Um, but what's important is that once he came to the church, wherever the saints were gathered, he always saw that there was no need for it. That It's like, I don't need the tongues here. That's not its purpose. Right. Um, and then there's a third reason that he gives in verses 20 through 25, um, where he shows us that prophecy is designed to reveal the heart of the unbeliever, while tongues that are uninterpreted actually bring shame to the church of God. Um, so do you want to read that? Brethren, do not be children in your thinking. Yet in evil be babes, but in your thinking be mature. In the law it is written, by men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers I will speak to this people, and even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is for a sign, not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. If therefore the whole church should assemble together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? Okay, so here Paul is gently scolding them. He calls them children. Um, maybe that's not that gentle, depending on how your <laughs> pride is, right? Sure. Um, Paul gives a very loose quotation then, and this is a kind of a strange section. Uh, he gives a loose quotation of Isaiah 28 verses 11 and 12, and he's making another point about tongues. Um, now, I don't think he was saying that they are fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy, nor that this is the meaning of that passage in Isaiah 28. Rather, I see them as using it more like an illustration. Mm -hmm. um, in Isaiah 28, this spoke of a time when he, God, would bring judgment upon Israel. Uh, it talks about the times in which Israel would then be taken captive and brought into foreign lands, and now they're no longer going to know the language. And that yeah. that's the indication that God's judgment is upon them. And so in verse 22, he makes a very simple point. He says, you Corinthian believers seem so desperate to want to speak in tongues. Um, the word sign there 
simply means that tongues and prophecy function as an apparent indicator of the mind of God. And so, what, when you're seeing these things done, you're seeing the mind of God being revealed. But if an unbeliever to come into their service and hear nothing but hundreds of foreign uh, tongues or languages being spoken, the point is that he would conclude that there's nothing good going on. This is just a bunch of whack jobs. These are this is crazy. Um, God's not in the place. This is not a sign that God is present. Um, this is a sign that these are madmen, and so they. So, without the interpretation, you you fail to communicate the message of God to these unbelievers. But if an unbeliever comes into the service, uh, and any other believer who does not have the gift of prophecy hears that prophecy, they're convicted, and true worship can now occur because they're now brought into a full knowledge of what's going on. Yeah. So, that's 14. Almost. Yeah, we're going to finish it up in the next podcast. All right. That this is this ends the key part about his instruction about tongues and prophecy yeah. and why. Okay, in chapter twelve, he rebukes them for doing it, and he just right. He says it's it's a gift. Chapter thirteen, he says it's not being done with love. In chapter fourteen, he says, and by the way, it's not even the most important. The most important one is prophecy, and if you have to choose between the two, choose prophecy, not tongues. tongues. So that that's the point, and so we'll finish up the chapter in the next episode. And Mark 16. Oh, yes. We'll touch on Mark 16. And probably a few just... Something else. Summary statements. Yeah, yeah. Some takeaways. So uh, until then, make sure you tune in, join the conversation, let us know what you think, and don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review, and tell all your friends. Mm-hmm.